let's acknowledge the good friends of the Law Party Podcast, the Majestic Restaurant and Pendergast Club, 931 Broadway in Kansas City, Missouri, the J. Rieger Kansas City Distillery, oh so good, friend of the podcast and panelist, Lane Bolin, managing to keep the podcast going, apparently wealthy or not. Now onto our regularly scheduled program. It's not getting it, getting it. And I want to welcome everybody out there in podcast land. The Good Times with Good People Company proudly presents the Law Party Podcast, where it is always about good times, good people, and good talk. Please subscribe to the Law Party Podcast on YouTube, Facebook, and SoundCloud. Be sure to tell a friend. And welcome to the party. I'm your host, Rio, and I am also the panel moderator. And let's introduce today's panel. Uh, our returning champion, Chris O'Connor. He is the co-owner of Liquid Nine Broadcast Media. Uh, Dave Elliott, uh, we like to call him Big Dave. He's the owner of CMP Construction. Uh, Brian Massey, he's a data analyst with DST Systems, and he is all about the numbers. Uh, Sean Simmons, he's a corporate trainer for Taylor Farms, our resident fruit and veggies man, and the anonymous female, because she doesn't want you to know her name. So this week, I'm looking at the news, and you know I've kind of split the show into you know, party fouls and party favors, and I'm seeing a ton of party fouls. <laughs> and so I figure we'll just uh, we'll jump in, and uh, in no particular order, um, I wanted to start with actually that should go in party favors. Excuse me. Uh, I want to start with, uh, did anybody else here, uh, Clint Eastwood's just, just fucking get over it. God, man. I thought that, uh, that was crazy. And actually, I printed it out because I wanted to make sure that, um, I, that everybody did, did get to hear it. Because, um, he was basically saying, they were asking about Trump, and, uh, he was like, look, he said a lot of dumb things, um, so have all of them both sides, but everybody, the press and everybody, and everybody's going, oh, well, that's racist, and they're making a big, you know, big hoodoo about it, uh, Eastwood said. Um, just fucking get over it. Um, it's a sad time in history. And I was like, is that really the stance that we want to have on, uh, as I have been calling it, the parade of fuckery that is... <laughs> I have the actual quote. Ah, please. Okay. Secretly, everybody's getting tired of political correctness. Kissing up. That's a kiss-ass generation we're in right now. We're really in a pussy generation. Clint Eastwood, quote-unquote. Which actually... It's kind of true. We've talked about that several times. Yeah. You know, there's some weight to that. Um, Because I... I can go back to uh, our episode 15 of our memories of our fathers and how our fathers raised us, and there wasn't a lot of PC with pop. No. And we, we come from that type of generation, I think, where, especially as older guys, where you know, it was tough. Um, I'll go back to my early work days when I was in the oil field and even started early work days in carpentry. We have people that we work for that yell at us all day long. Mm-hmm. You screwed something up, you got your butt chewed, you were cussed, you were put down. And, you know, we just got thick skin over it. We just kind of let it ride. 
Today's generation, if you were to do that, would tell you, oh my God, you can't talk to me that way. That's they'd have to go to therapy. They, they'd have to go to therapy, especially the way I used to yell at people when I was a foreman. I would definitely have sent them to therapy. I think I probably sent a few to therapy. And that's how you learn. But that's how you learn, right. you know. You learn by, it doesn't hurt to have a little bit of fear in a business employee relationship. I don't think it has to be fear. I think it's just, I don't know when it became like, you have to have like this perfect environment to a safe space. do what, what it is you're hired to do. Like people are hired with a specific job and then they complain about the job that they interviewed for. You know, I mean, it's just ridiculous yeah. to me. Yeah. It's like, Talk really? Like, get over it. That's, that's, I mean, that is, that's 100% wow. very true. It's like you get hired to do a job and then after, when you're asking people to do the job, you know, and it's more than just hard to do jobs. So, like, right now with, with certain, and with the younger generation, you know, they want the iPad, they want the cell phone, they want the laptop, they want all the stuff. But then, you know, in, in my industry, you start working when you wake up in the morning, you have emails, you have, uh, you have phone calls that you need to return. Mm -hmm. And that's at 6 o'clock in the morning that you mm -hmm. start working. And then you might walk out of the office, your time says 5, but I've never walked out of the office until 6 o'clock at night. And even then, I can have phone calls and emails and everything going from 6.30 to 8 o'clock at night because, again, I'm working both East Coast and West Coast. But none of the young people want to pick up that phone until they walk into the office first thing in the morning at 8 o'clock. None of them want to take an email after 5 o'clock or mm -hmm. 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock. And it's like, wait a minute, you want the mobility, you want the toys, but you don't want to use those for work. Well, And, I think and then you complain when we ask you to do that. Right. And you're kind of on the client side of things. Right. Like more so client right. relations yes. type thing. Yes. I'm an admin and I'll check my email over the weekend. Right. Just because I don't, it's not an expectation. Right. It's just. You don't want to get, you don't want to fall behind. Well, not only that, but I don't want to come in on Monday morning and be blindsided yeah. by a bunch of crap. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's kind of like, you, you know, and it's a, People respect me for the job I do. I, I think this. I, I want to step this back a little bit. Actually, I think when you know when you have someone that hounds you and said, "Hey, you screwed up," and they're hard on you and that sort of thing is, you know, it's more of that's how you learn, right? Right. And now when we don't have those conversations or you're too worried about being PC and, and all of that, that it changes. The mindset, I think the mindset has changed. It's more like, well, I wonder how much I can get away with. Oh, absolutely. And so you start going down that path, and then eventually you get to what you're talking about, where someone's like, well, I know I was hired to do this, but because you get comfortable in doing less. Yes. I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. We have a system that you go in and you do kind of all your HR stuff with. Right. And they sent out an, a thing that said, we have new policies, you need to go out and review them. Well, they didn't really tell you, reviewing, you need to accept, acknowledge it or not. Yeah. So, you know, we kind of keep track of the, you know, hey, we still have X number of people that need to go out, you know, not whatever. Mm -hmm. So they came to me today and said, well, we haven't really stressed it because we don't want people to feel like, they have to do it. Like they're coerced into doing it. It's a freaking company policy. It's HR. You kinda gotta do it. Right, and if you don't if you don't force your own policies. 
well, okay, and it's then like, how can you how can you hold that person accountable for when they break the policy? But you need to know the ones that don't want to sign it because right. there's something that they have to do saying that they don't agree with it. Right. So it's not, you know, like, seriously, you're actually going to say we don't want them to feel like they have to do it. Right. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Well, and again, it goes back to kind of like what, what Dave was talking about is, you know, I've got some guys that I used to work with that were older that would harp on you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they were the type of, you know, one of my old bosses was the type of guy where, you know, if he started in on you in the morning, he just, he rode you all the way through the rest of the day mm -hmm. and he just couldn't wait till the next day. And he kind of dealt with it and he, and he, and he rolled on. But there comes a point where the, the PC kind of culture, especially in the workplace, has, runs both directions. So what ends up happening is as a boss, you know, you got to be careful what you say to your employees. You know, but and, and you're supposedly supposed to go the opposite direction as well, where the employee's supposed to watch what they say to the boss. Mm -hmm. But I feel like more and more, I'm watching um, where business has to watch more so what they do with their employees versus the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. And within oh, some of I've that is, that. Yeah. I've I've watched loss of of respect for bosses because of it, because you know you can run over your boss. Mm -hmm. And two, at the same time, is it's also loss of productivity. So therefore, the company itself isn't able to get as much done and then when that company can't get that work done just by simply having a boss that can sit down and say hey stop screwing around do your job they go into other matrix or metrics to to control that so mm -hmm. it's going into your computer and making blocking different sites and blocking this and blocking that and checking your productivity um, um, my mom's company just sent out an email where they basically sit down and they look at how often you move your cursor, how often you open emails, how often you're actually doing keystrokes. And they're and they're, me they're measuring that versus the amount of work that you actually get done, your productivity in that direction. Because again, they can't come out and they can't yell at you, they can't scold you, they can't write you up, they can't reprimand you without fear of some type of um, legality coming back against them for harassing you. Mm -hmm. So instead, now they're just gonna sit there and say, fine, we're gonna look at how you actually, what you actually do sitting behind a computer. And at that point in time, as Let's say you're on a conference call. Well, you're going to have to actually schedule that into your calendar now and put that in there. If you have to go for this, you have to go for that. Mm -hmm. And she's looking at this like, well, this is crazy. I said, well, the problem is when you're working at home, because a lot of these people now telecommute in her industry, is you can sit there with your computer and watch TV. You can sit there and you can do laundry. You can sit there, you can go do this, you can do that, and you're not doing your job. And they think that there's a loss of productivity, mm -hmm. and there's no real way for them to enforce that. Because, again, is if I come back and I yell at you, you know, then I'm the bad guy because I didn't do X, Y, and Z. In order, because, again, it's, it's not, you know, it, 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 when I was working or when I first started out, it was your boss yelled at you. That was the very first thing they would do. And then after they yelled at you, they would yell at you again, but then they would write you up. And then mm -hmm. the third time it was you're fired. Mm-hmm. And then now it's it's six months to fire somebody nowadays. That, if you're lucky. Yeah. That's a little bit of, the, of what I call you know the fear of, of, of being it. The construction is a little bit different. We're a harder mm -hmm. world. Mm -hmm. And I tell every man I hire, number one, you're starting where I started. If you're a new guy and you don't have any skills yet, mm -hmm. you will start on the bottom and work your way up. Number two, when I got something to say, I won't talk behind your back. I'm going to talk right at you. And it may be to praise you, it may be to criticize you, mm -hmm. but I'm going to come and tell you how I see things. Yeah. And you're going to have to figure out how to deal with that. Because the bottom line is, when I'm getting on somebody, I'm trying to make them better. Right. 
I'm well, trying to help them succeed. And that, and that is something that has really gotten away from the PC generation. Yeah. That they don't understand that there are people out there that understand that if they're in a position of power in their company, they're trying to make their company succeed. If there's somebody like you, I mean, there well, are. I'm in a different world than the corporate. My but wife there are, but even in corporate world, there are leaders, there yeah. are managers, and there are leaders. Yes. And there's a big difference. Big difference. So but, you have to know: Are they just yelling at me because they're jerks, or are they saying something to me that I need to know? Well, my wife got totally tied up in that with with her former job in the corporate world, and, and drove her out because. She was too old to suffer a fool gladly. Mm -hmm. and, but it, it, it is important, I think, to make people understand, and I talk to them differently than I used to. I want you to succeed. You have to do this in order to succeed. Mm -hmm. This is what I expect out of you. I run a company that expects excellence. Mm -hmm. And if you don't give it to me, I'm on you. Does that make me an a-hole? I don't think so. That makes me a good businessman trying to get the most production out of his company. What do you think, Chris? You, uh, you've, been, you've been kind of quiet. You also also run a business. What do you think? Um, <laughs> I've had thousands of employees uh, and people that work for me in, I guess, what, 20 years that I've been working. Um, I respond to people like Dave uh, personally. I, I, I have a trainer who I go and work out with almost five days a week, and he knows to never compliment me, to only <laughs> insult me, and I, I do not respond to other compliments. I don't respond. That doesn't motivate me. It doesn't get me to do anything. I will say, uh, and I have a lot of other uh, people in our company and people that have been employees before, who don't respond at all to that. Uh, and I think this notion that's a generational thing is, is always ridiculous to me. I can't stand these wide swath things as if this is some lazy ass generation. I have 24 and 27 year olds that are constantly checking their work. They'll stay and work all weekend long if they have to. They'll work till the job's done and they don't bitch and moan about it and they're cool. So yeah, if you want to play on Facebook or anything for a little while, cool with that too. You know, everybody knows that the job is a job is a job and it's got to get done. But Just, those, it's a matter, to me, it's a matter of hiring the right people. Maybe it's not age Well, those kids are, are kids that have leadership qualities. I tell you that, though. And I think that's... Mark Zuckerberg is what, 27? I think right. any generation you're going to have kids that have leadership qualities, and those kids are going to go a little bit beyond because they know they're going to work hard and set the example and be a leader, and maybe the others will follow, maybe they don't care. I think every generation has had shitty I'm people sorry, in it, and I think every generation has great people in it, and we always want to paint these very wide swaths well, of how things were, and we generally... When we're thinking back on the past, either remember the shit more or remember it less, mm -hmm. but we forget the day to day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't buy it. I've never well, been yeah. a I, I, I think it is, is, I don't say it's a generational thing, I think it's an age thing. I think it's as you get older, you take on more responsibilities, you have more responsibilities within your personal life as a parent or as an adult, and that kind of thing. And, and again, it's, it's also partly also how you're raised. And what I see is like, so for guys like my age and older, they're guys who stay late, show up early, do the job. Because again, I think they have bills and priorities that they, that they know it's like, this job re requires me to do this. And for me to leave this job and to go find another job, I've got too many bills that I can't screw this up on. Whereas with the younger people that we hire, the thing is, is hey, you know what, if this job's gone, I'll just go get me another job. Yeah. So therefore, 
their attention to detail and to what it is that being required out of them or what they expect out of it is totally different. Now, as they get older, do I think they will become more responsible? Absolutely. But the problem is it's always it's always the thing where I always try to I always try to when I'm talking to the people in HR, I don't want to hire this kid with his first job out of college. Because that kid with first job out of college usually hasn't screwed up and hasn't had that person yell at them, so therefore they don't know how to respond to it. And that's my biggest thing is I want the, the person where this is their second job or that's a little bit older and maybe this is their third, fourth, or fifth because, again, it's, 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 it's having some experience but at the same time also having the responsibilities that come with age that make you realize, okay, this is what it's going to get done with. I don't think that this generation as a whole, and again, you know, I, I say this generation because you, as they get older, I'm not going to say this generation because I don't say the past generation. I don't say my generation, I just say this one below me. As I get older, I'm probably going to be more forgiving of that one because they're going to be more responsible. And then that next generation, the younger ones, are going to be the ones that you're going to bitch about. But again, as it comes down to age and, and the responsibilities that you have with that. And again, I've, have, I've had kids in their 20s who were great, they were superstars. But I really do think it comes down to how they were raised. Whereas the ones who were, I've had far more who were younger in their 20s. You know, I had 100 kids in their 20s working for me at one time. I could depend on five, and the other 95 fucking sucked. <laughs> I mean, just out the door. And, and the thing is, is how do you, when, when you're talking 95% of them are just terrible, it's trying to figure out how to burn and churn through those and get in more. So you're constantly just keeping 5% at a time, you know. I've had the exact opposite experience. I think as people get older, it's only natural that... Uh, you have kids, you start to want more of a lifestyle thing. You don't want to have to keep burning the midnight oil to stay, you know, where you finally got to. You start to get comfortable. You're less inclined to be innovative. Uh, you're less inclined to be uh, inventive in your work and how you get your work done. Um, and I also think there's a massive difference between the amount of time that you work and the quality of your work and how good you're working. Um, and I don't care if somebody is there at 6 in the morning and works till midnight. I don't I don't just want to know what they did. Right. I mean, I know a lot of people of all ages who sit around from 6 to midnight and, and pretend they're working. Just right. being at the office doesn't mean that you're working. No, absolutely. So, and there's a lot of 27-year-olds who I think, and uh, 24-year-olds who are very innovative, very inventive, get their stuff done fast, knock it out, because right. every, every study out there in the world will tell you millennials want lifestyle more than they care about money. So what you're saying, so better, it, it. it's better to have somebody... And six hours can get more done than some guy working ten. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I want yeah. I want that person too. Yeah. Right. I also think you need to know how to motivate people. And I think you know. I think that's the point. That's what I think. That is the point. I think everybody is motivated slightly differently. Absolutely. Some people you have to be on them, like really on them, and then some people like me. You just tell me what you need to do, and and leave me alone. Like and I will get it done. You don't want to be micromanaged. Yeah, I hate being micromanaged, but but I will get it done. I think yeah. it also makes a difference in the size of the company you're talking about too. Yeah, I, I think mean, industry the, size yeah. of the company. Mm -hmm. yeah. well, it's, it's different things too. Mm -hmm. Because I, I, I know the well, I think it makes sense in the industry you're in mm -hmm. that younger people would be more right um, productive. And in, 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 in I understand what you're saying, where it's like okay, from six to midnight, but you have to stand in my industry. You, your work pops up when it pops up. So when I have a problem at six o'clock in the morning, you got to, and, and again, everything I work in is time sensitive. 
So you don't get two, three hours to sit there and figure it out. It's got to be done right then and right there because of when it's got to be managed. So There's it's, no more time sensitive business than ours. I mean, trust me. Well, they've already bought hundreds and thousands, if not millions of dollars of TV spots. Okay. They need to be done. This project has to be done. I understand that, but my product is, once it's out that, that port, it, it's got to be where it's going or else the product's dead because sure. my product is dying. Oh, you have died. Perishable. Yeah. I'm in an imperishable industry where if I don't get it to that spot and, and it keeps holding over day, holding over day, I lose $20,000 right then and there on just that one truck. I guess. So the thing is, is it's got to be handled right then and there when it needs to be handled. So at 6 o'clock in the morning, you got to be on top of it because you can have that call. You may not have anything until 9 o'clock in the morning. And again, it's, it's not something where you can sit down and say, okay, Here's six hours, get all your work done in there. It's going to be, you're going to have some downtime. I get it. I'm not going to complain, you know. But when something pops up, I need you to handle it. Let me jump in there real quick. Let me jump in there real quick because I, I need to move on to the next topic. But I do want to uh, ask uh, our our next generation person in the room. <laughs> What's your thoughts on this generation? Yeah, really. Uh, that everybody keeps saying this, this generation. Well... Brian is this generation's, and what what are your thoughts before we move to the next app? I honestly, I I agree with with Chris on this. That I, it's how you motivate people, which I mean, I guess everyone agreed on that. It's how you motivate people, but it's it's not about how long you're there. It's what what is the work that you got done while you were there, and right. and, and I think that first of all, I have a lot of friends that. Some of them have been very successful already. Some of them still trying to figure it out. Home, still trying <laughs> to figure it out, um, and and so it's all these different paths. And so I, I don't think that it's maybe it is a generation thing, but I I hope it's not. It's more of just uh, I don't know. Some have got it figured out. Some of them haven't. I mean, everyone's their own person, and they're motivated by their own ways. And maybe it's not generation. Maybe it's um, today's culture more so than no. I think that there's an opportunity to to not have to work. <laughs> I think you're right. Chris I don't know, I kind agree. of I kind of agree. <laughs> I actually kind of agree with Chris on this one it was like <laughs> because yeah. I, I still have friends, you know, I just turned 43 and I still have friends that have not figured it out. I, I want to add <laughs> one thing before you move on. Mm -hmm. You you would work very well with me because I think the most important thing I do is I give my foreman ownership. Mm. My job is not to micromanage them. My job is to give them everything they need to succeed. Right. Yeah, and that and they're my leaders. Yeah, that maybe is. Maybe you should go work for Dave. Maybe I should go work for Dave. Yeah, we have you. All right, our next party file. Um, I just uh, was reading this thing about uh, uh, Hillary Clinton was hitting Trump on uh, on you know Trump's talking about how he's going to. Um, you know, make the uh, American economy better by making sure that American companies are doing business uh, with the American people and with other American companies. And uh, but she was hitting him on the fact that all of his products are outsourced. You know, his um, his uh, ties, his ne his necktie line is uh, Chinese. Uh, his suit line is Mexico. His furniture line is Turkey. His picture frame line is India. You know, and uh, and there are companies that do all of that <coughs> um, to to the same quality level 
right here in the U.S. And uh, so I, I thought that I thought that was uh, was interesting uh, to say the least. That uh, the candidate saying that he was going to you know put America to work again, uh, quote unquote. Is, is he going to bring all this well, stuff it, back it, in back yeah, to I the U.S.? <coughs> I think you need to be a little careful and say, listen. Those aren't, those aren't even his companies. They're licensing deals where they use his name. They probably have multiple, multiple brands. But they're, they're not his company. So no, I believe he, that. He doesn't get to say where they manufacture. He I believe if he's like, But if he's licensing his name, he should be more careful. He could have chosen not to do it, but that doesn't really bother yeah. me. I believe fact, most I think Americans should be more competitive, yeah. to be perfectly honest. If America wants manufacturing back, they'd be more competitive. Bust up the union, start you know getting back to where it's affordable to do the work in America, but it's not. You pay a premium and an enormous premium to do uh, manufacturing in America, which is why you outsource in the first place. That's there's, that's not patriotic to just pay a shit ton more for goods and services just because they were made <laughs> here. And in fact, in my mind, we've done a hell of a lot of good for the world and made it much safer by being able to make sure that countries are uh, working, that they have a better economy, that they're less desperate, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I'm all in favor of a global world, and if America wants to compete, they compete. But you don't get you don't get points just because you're American. That's I mean, I completely disagree with Trump on this, and I don't mind the fact that he outsources crap. I think everybody, Apple's an Irish company, for God's sakes. Yeah, and the yeah, Irish company, the American, the, the American was it Japanese or Chinese, where they manufacture? Well, they, yeah, they make most of their phones, uh, you know, in South Korea and China. I mean, it's it's nonsense. If America wants to compete, they compete. Yeah. But, you know. Well, yeah, I, was, I mean, our, that goes all the way down to where, you know, the American-made cars, most of their engines aren't made in America. But do you know how many other companies make the parts here? The parts here. You know, and that's that's a difficult thing. Trump is a certainly an enigma. And <laughs> it's good work. It was so nice at of times, you. Good work. You know, you just shake your head. But I, I have trouble even talking about it because it's so messed up that these people in the media and everything and everything they do and everything they say is so speculated and so turned around that it's just become a total joke in that aspect. And as, as an older American, very proud American, I really want my president to be presidential. Yes. I can't see either one of them being that because this is what they're twisting all over in the wind all the time and everybody jumps all over it and moves all over it. It's, to me, it's very, I can't tell you how upset I am. I'm almost at a loss for words. Anybody who knows me knows that's a very rare thing. <laughs> <Right>. No. <laughs> so, you know, um, but, there, you know, I think Chris is right. I think, you know, it is a global economy. We do support a lot of things. I think for the most part, Trump is, you know, a lot of his stuff is American. His real estate and everything else is his main source of income. I think everything else he has out there on the side is just kind of like a little side business. It's not unusual for large entrepreneurs to have Many, many businesses. Anybody who watched Shark Tank, yeah. you know, you, you got some major entrepreneurs in there. These guys got all kinds of businesses and they support all kinds of businesses. And so it's, and, and gals, because they, they fortunately represent both the sexes very well. So, you know, I just, a little, I think it's all, it's, it's, it's a lot of bullshit. It really is. And it's kind of hard to pin one candidate down or the other that way on who they are in that aspect.
Mm -hmm. It's just because it's just really fluff. Yeah. It's just fluff. Yeah, I think it is interesting that, uh, to to your point, Chris. You know, I think honestly, if if America is honest with itself, there's a lot of stuff we say we want until we have to pay for it. Sure. Oh, we like it cheap. That's oh yeah, exactly. That's you everything. Know? Yeah, we want we if we can't go to Walmart and buy a flat screen TV for three hundred bucks. It's a problem, you know. So, even though you could build TVs in America, but they would cost you six hundred bucks. Absolutely. And 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 if you don't, and nobody wants to pay the six hundred bucks, you know, nobody. It, and that's I think where the paradox is. We want the good paying jobs, but we, but we don't want to pay more for the good. I think it depends on what we're talking about. I think you've seen a rise in organic food and people pay a premium for that because they want it to be locally grown and they think it's fresher and healthier. You have companies like American Apparel who actually play off the fact that they make everything in America and it's manufactured here. And yeah. That's great. And you pay a premium for it. And you it. pay a premium for it. So yeah. it really, honestly, I think it comes down to what people think are disposable items. You know, ah. like, I honestly don't care where my razor blade is made. Make it in China. That's great by me. I don't care. Yeah. You know, uh, but I probably do care where the tomato I'm buying is, is from uh, yeah. or things like that, you know, mm -hmm. or I, I like my clothes to be nice. I don't wear the cheapest clothes I can find. I wear clothes that I think are nice, uh, you yes. know, I'll pay a premium for that. So, Podcasters, I'm going to jump in here and say, yes, wearing cheap clothes, problem, let me just say. I was reading. They won't last as long. They just won't last as long. Spend a little more money and get a lot more durability. My wife, the fashionista, yeah, is very much about that. I mean, she buys very nice clothes. She doesn't, you know, spend cheap on them. You know, but this goes back to part of our problems as Americans, and we're complaining about the middle class not having its income and everything. Are we the most guilty about not creating that? Because we want everything. I'll take the housing industry. You know, we suffered through the recession because everybody wanted a $325,000 house for $275,000. Well, how do you do that? Actually, that was my next point. I'm like, well, I, the in, bad in thing is things. you cut corners in ways that they don't see. You, you, you get it on the back of the subs by beating them down. So mm -hmm. now the subs can't pay their people what they should be paying. Mm -hmm. We can't recruit people into, into our trades because. We can't afford to pay people a middle-class income for a quality tradesman that is skilled, or woman, mm -hmm. that is skilled, that can do their job. So now you cut the middle class out. The wages are devaluating. Whereas if you were able to get the price that should be paid for the house, now these people are going out and buying smaller houses. They're supporting the economy. This is an economic engine that's being killed. I was reading... Um over the weekend how and I don't even know where their stuff is made they were talking about handbags and how girls you know people aren't paying they don't want to go to the department store and pay full price they're going to like Nordstrom's and Macy's you know that sell cores and spade and you know all of the coach they're going to their discount stores to buy it like and, and yeah. yeah but it's having an effect on you know, their profits and their, you know, margins and, you know, just, and then I'm reading another article about a phone that's coming out that's going to be almost $900.
And in my mind, I'm thinking, how the hell do you justify paying almost $1,000 for a phone? But see, that's, that's kind of one of those things where I get a kick out of, out of that where people complain about not having money. Mm -hmm. But yet, this weekend, we were down in the plaza walking around, and there was a line out the door to go into Apple. To the Apple store. And then people will go out, and they'll spend $650, $700 for a phone. And then complain the next week that they don't have enough money for this, they don't have enough money for that, and you're sitting there thinking to yourself, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I've never paid for a cell phone. I have, in the, in the umpteen years that I've had a phone, I've never paid for a cell phone. Galaxy S3, I mean, this is like the state of the art like 10 years ago or whatever. Mm -hmm. But when I got it, you know, five years ago, it was free. Mm -hmm. We're looking at going in, changing our cell phone plan right now, I can get a Galaxy 5. For free, and I'm gonna up, I'm gonna upgrade, quote unquote, get that next one for free. I've got the money to spend on it. Now, again, it's it's I have the money to spend on it, but again, it's not my proclivity. It's not that one thing that I really sure. love or enjoy, where I go out and I do, you know, where I go out and I buy the next technology. Do I have the money to do it? Yes. Do I want to do it? No. But what bothers me or drives me up a wall is when somebody doesn't have the money for something like that, buys it, and then complains about not having money. Yeah, and and I and I know one person in specific, and I won't give out his name, but he does that, mm -hmm. and he constantly does that. And I look at all the things that he has as a consumer, and again, it's keep up with the Joneses, right. where you're constantly spending money because you think you got to be like the next guy, and then what ends up happening? You end up broke, and I'm not because I don't play that game.